Go ahead and find a seat. Good morning, church. What a powerful time of worship this morning. It's not often that I get to get to sit and enjoy worship. I'm usually on the platform. I'm Pastor Chad. For those of you that I haven't had a chance to meet yet, I'm the associate pastor here at the church. And man, it was incredible getting to hear you just powerfully singing, passionately singing this morning. What a great day here at Watford City Assembly of God. Um, Today uh, I'm speaking, we have our baptism uh, coming up in just a little bit near the end of service. Um, But today I get to speak, Pastor is out of town, in fact, he is out of the country. (laughs) Um, And Pastor is going to be listening to this, and so just so you know, Pastor, somebody, when I just said you're out of the country, they said hallelujah. I'm not going to say who that was, but he's sitting on the front row. And uh, so anyhow, uh, pastors actually, get this, pastor is in Israel right now. And that is so cool. And uh, he texts me early, early in the morning, late at night, whichever direction you want to call it, because it depends on what side of the world you're on. Um, but he texts me and said that today he's going to be at the Sermon of the Mount, on the Mount. So if you look in Matthew chapter 5 through 7, where Jesus preaches and he talks about the Beatitudes and he talks about in Matthew 6, don't worry about tomorrow, tomorrow has enough worries of its own. And when you read that part, pastor is going to be standing there today where Jesus did that. That is, I'm, you're not supposed to get jealous, but I'm, I'm jealous. So I'll, I'll ask for forgiveness. So today I want to talk to you guys about baptism. Um, This is something that is described throughout the New Testament, and it is described as something that we're supposed to do. Just like the Lord's Supper, it is something that we as Christians are supposed to do. In fact, Jesus gave the command in Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20. He says, go into all the world, make disciples, and baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. He says, go everywhere, make disciples, and baptize them. This was a command from Christ himself, just as at the Last Supper when he said, do this in remembrance of me. That's what we call communion now. He says, those are the two main commands that he says to repeat until he comes again. And so today we are having our baptisms, and I am so excited about this. Um, and, and this week as I was getting ready, I started doing some investigating, you know, looking back on baptisms and reading. And if you um, are new to uh, the Christian faith, one of the things that I want to uh, just do is, is take a moment just to explain the importance of baptism, what baptism is and why it's important to us. If you look in your New Testament, if you read your Bible most of us would start off reading about Jesus' life. And that's recorded in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Four Gospels, four letters that each of these guys wrote. And in Matthew chapter 3, right after it talks about who Jesus was, when he was born, and who his parents were, right after that it says that Jesus went out to the Jordan River and he met up with this guy named John and in the in the scripture in the in in the Bible recording the narrative of this it says John the Baptist now that wasn't his name it was just John but everyone calls him the Baptist because what he was doing was at the Jordan River he was baptizing people he was calling for repentance and baptism and he was saying I am just I am I am clearing the path so that when the Messiah comes, everyone understands and sees who he is. And so he was baptizing people. Now, as I was reading this, 
it kind of caught me a little bit off guard. Why is it in the New Testament, starting in the Gospels, we start talking about baptism and it's no big deal? Has anybody ever wondered that? Okay, a couple people. Okay, it's not really recorded in the Old Testament by the word baptism. And so I started doing some, some reading and, and some uh, just checking this all out. And when, um, when you look at the word baptism, what it means is to be completely immersed, to, to be washed completely immersed. It's, it's not a shower. <laughs> it's, it's a complete submersion in water. And the very, uh, w- one of the very first implications of baptism is recorded in the New Testament about the Old Testament. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, I think it's verse 2, Paul himself says that the entire nation of Israel was baptized when they went through the Red Sea. So if you remember back to your Old Testament narrative, in Exodus, Moses, uh, the, the people of Israel had, had moved to Egypt They had become slaves in Egypt. And Moses was sent from God to be the deliverer, to take them out of bondage, out of slavery, um, and to lead them to the promised land. And so Paul describes in 1 Corinthians that when the Israelites left bondage, slavery, and the old way of living, they went through the Red Sea. Remember, they walked through on dry ground. They were below water. (laughs) Not necessarily dunked at that moment, but they were all they all walked through it. Okay? And it says that that they were they they were baptized in that moment into something new. And directly after that, as you continue to read, um, Moses describes to us that right after they went through the Red Sea, they go to Mount Sinai, and that's where the law the Ten Commandments and the descriptions on how to live are given. And it is at that moment that there is baptism and separation. Now this is pretty cool once you catch this. From the very beginning, God talked about how important it was and symbolized how important it was to be washed, to be cleansed, to be, to be delivered from the old way of living to be washed, cleansed, and then separated. Throughout the Old Testament, there are many different descriptions. When you read the book of the law, which is Moses's, uh, Moses wrote down Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Throughout the law, it describes different times where people had to, um, had to be uh, cleaned. There were different uh, ceremonies. There were different. Uh, uh, there were uh, skin diseases. There were things like that. When when you were to be considered clean again, there were certain times where you had to be, as we read in the Old Testament, it says washed. But in the original language, it says to be washed, to be baptized. And so, to be considered clean in the Old Testament, there were many times where you had to get baptized. Complete immersion. You ready? Okay, so we got the old we we got that old part now, right? 
So we understand that it started way back when. Okay, now jump forward. So now we have, we're back to John the Baptist. John the Baptist, uh, John is a Baptist. He's dipping people in water. He's dunking people in the Jordan River. And there's crowds that come to watch this. And it's not like people are going, what's he doing? They all understood as Jews what it meant to be baptized. They understood. And, G- and John is telling them, repent Turn away from the old way of living, just like slaves, just like uh, when you are in bondage, when you are uh, uh, in an old way of living, repent, turn away from that, get baptized, and start living different now. Now, John the Baptist, we later read in the Gospels, John had disciples. Now, from that understanding, we could, uh, we could uh, conclude that John was considered, at that time, what was a rabbi, a teacher. And teachers, rabbis, would have disciples. Now, let's just take a moment to reflect that Jesus was called a teacher, right? Remember when we read through the Gospels, Teacher, tell us how to live. They're saying, Rabbi, tell us how to live. So anyhow, John is, a, is considered a rabbi. He's, he is baptizing people into this way of understanding Scripture. John wasn't the only rabbi who did this. In fact, it was very common for all the rabbis when they would accept a disciple, someone who would come and follow them and learn the way that they understood, the, uh, their, the way they understand their perception of what God was telling them, the disciples would get baptized. I'm sure this is probably really boring to you, but let's, catch, let's turn this corner now. Jesus says in Matthew 28, after all of this, go make disciples and baptize them. Here's the deal. Jesus understood that there is something going on inside every single one of us. And when we turn our lives over to Christ, symbolically, there's something that we do on the outside. God has understood since the Old Testament that many times we learn visually and when we see someone get baptized it's not just a oh that's awesome look at them they got wet it's a representation where god is god has given us a representation that that you have left a one way of living that has been unproductive even it has been deadly and you are baptized, you are cleansed, you are washed, you are renewed, and now you are living a new way. That is powerful. That is powerful. And so in the Gospels, we see how this has happened. And then in Acts, the, the, the recording of Acts talks about the first century church, how the church started. And it talks about how, how um, the disciples would baptize people when they would come to Christ. When people would realize that Jesus was the Messiah, they would accept him, they would accept what he did on the cross, and then they would get baptized. Because they were, living the, they were leaving the old way of thinking the old rules and regulations, the old law, being baptized, cleansed, cleansed, and moving into something new and fresh. And that's recorded throughout the Acts of the Apostles. Now we get to the book of Romans, and Paul, by this time, Paul comes on the scene. Paul is a brilliant man. And in the book of Romans, he is, he is writing down for us 
uh, the blueprint on how to live as Christians, how to understand all that is going on. Paul writes the, the letter Romans to a church in Rome. That's why it's called Romans. To a church of young, new Christians. And these new Christians have been baptized. But he explains to them, let me, explain, let, let me reveal to you just a little bit more about what it means to be baptized. And so that's what we're going to look at. Romans chapter 6, if you have your Bibles, go ahead, grab them. If you brought your electronic device, look it up on there. If you brought your sweet Bible classic, open it up. Romans chapter 6, starting at verse 1. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. So if it's a little different from yours, that might explain why. But Paul writes this. I'm going to read uh, verses 1 through 11, and then we're going to go back and look at it, break it down just a little bit. So Romans chapter 6, starting at verse 1. Let, let me pause here. Just Well, let me read this first verse. Well then, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? Now back up. We need to understand why does he ask this question in chapter 5, he talks about God's grace and how, how amazing his grace is and how God gives what, what we have not uh, earned. And so Paul says here, now right, right away in, in, in chapter 6 verse 1, he says, should, should we keep sinning just so that we can experience more grace? That's the question that he's asking. Verse 2, of course not. Since we have died to sin... How can we continue to live in it? If we've asked Jesus to be the leader of our lives, we have died to the old way of living. Verse 3, Or have you forgotten that when you were joined with Christ in baptism, we joined with him in his death? For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism, and just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, we now now we also live new lives. Verse 5. Since we have been united with him in his death, we, also, we will also be raised to life as he was. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin may, might lose its power in, in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. If you don't have that underlined, you should just do that right now. I'll just pause for a moment and underline that. We are no longer slaves to sin. To sin. Thank you. Thank you, God. For when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. And since we died with Christ, we now also live with Him. We are sure of this because Christ was raised from the dead and we will never die again. Death no longer has any power over Him. When He died, He died once to break all the power of sin. But now he lives, and he lives to the glory of God. So you also should consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. Man, this is good stuff. God illustrated. God illustrates for us from the very beginning of our Bible in Exodus... He illustrates that we need to be baptized. He gives us a visual image of what it means to live with Christ. He takes, Paul takes the illustration of baptism, to, which was at the time common amongst rabbis. Remember this? 
that if you are a rabbi and you have a disciple who wants to follow you, uh, and understand Scripture the way that you understand it, then your disciple would be baptized, in, cleansed from the old way, uh, leaving an old way of thinking, cleansed, washed, clean, and now living a new way. Paul takes that, Christ takes that baptism, and he says, the old way of living under sin. The old way of thinking selfishly. The old way of thinking of pride, of me first. We are dying to that. And we are going down in the grave. But, just like Christ died on the cross for my sin, for your sin... Just as Christ died and went into the tomb, the old man is dead. But Christ didn't stay dead. And it is because of his resurrection, he has given us life now. And when we are baptized, we are physically, we are on the outside expressing what has gone on on the inside. The old man, the old Chad is dead Because of what Christ has done in my life, he has forgiven me. I am done with sin. I am done with being selfish. I am done with being prideful. I'm leaving all of that behind and I'm committing myself to live for Christ. And so I die today. And I go to the grave with Christ. But I understand this. I also live with Christ Just as Christ came out of the tomb three days later, he came with power over death, over sin. And he offers that to every single one of us. And today as we uh, watch each of our friends get baptized, they are on the outside symbolizing what God has done already on the inside. And friends, my challenge to you is this. If you are here today and you're just investigating, you're wondering, you're, you're questioning this whole God thing, I want you to know this. God loved you so much that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him would not die but would have everlasting life. Friend, if you're here today and you have not turned your life over to Christ, this might be your moment. Christ did this for you. Christ took sin upon himself, a perfect man, and yet perfectly God took sin the payment was death my payment for my sin is death but Jesus took that from me when I turned my life over to him you see he did that for you not only do we receive forgiveness from our sin but we also receive life That's what is symbolized. That is what is represented today. It may seem outwardly symbolic, but there is something that God takes and takes symbolism and creates a spiritual moment. And it is through the power of the Holy Spirit that all of this is done. You see, in verse 3, if we can go back to verse 3 real quick. Verse 3, it says, Have you forgotten that you were joined with Christ in his baptism? We were joined in his death. We are connected with Christ. And we have died to the old way of living. And now 
And, and, and that is the symbolism of going down into the water. That we are, we are being, uh, we are dead. And, and when you are dead, um, how much do you respond to the old way of living? Thank you. You don't respond to the old way of living. You're dead to it. And we, we, we see that today in baptism. That we are connected, we are joined with Christ in his death. And uh, number two, verse five, since we've been united with his death, we can also be raised to life. We join him and live this life as he lived. You see, sin has no more power in our lives when we've committed our lives to Christ. And today, just as we are united in his death, we're united in his resurrection Friend, if you're here today and you have asked Jesus into your life and you have committed your life to Christ, my question is this, have you allowed sin to move in? Think about that for just a moment. Have you allowed sin to move in? What I mean by that is if we've died with Christ and we've left the old way of living... And now we are resurrected with Christ, a new life. Have we allowed the influences around us to move in to where sin is just at our doorstep? If we have died with Christ and we have been resurrected, then look at verse 8. And since we have died with Christ, we will also live with him. If we are to live with Christ, jump down to verse 11. So you should consider yourselves dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. If we have left the old way, then the new life that we have in Christ should be something that we have committed ourselves to on a daily basis. Baptism does not guarantee. It does not guarantee salvation Christ has guaranteed salvation if we put him in charge of our lives every day and the choice to be baptized today is to to say from this day forward I'm going to do everything I can to live for Christ when you were baptized when you were baptized did you make that decision and have you been doing everything you can to live that way since? If not, maybe we need to take just a moment and ask God to be with us, to forgive us, and to leave that old way again. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me for just a moment? Friend, I ask, I ask this in all seriousness. This is not something to take lightly. Baptism Baptism was an ordinance. It was something explained, ordered by God himself, by Jesus himself to do. And so we don't want to take this lightly. But if you took it lightly in your past, maybe right now is a moment where you can stop and say, Jesus, I commit my life to you again. Forgive me for living selfishly. Forgive me for focusing on my own wants and my own 
ideas of how things should be done. Forgive me of my pride. Jesus, I need you to reign again in my life, to be my king, to be my Lord, to be my leader. I love you, Jesus. In your name I pray, amen. So today, baptism is a celebration because we have left the old way of living. We have turned away from from our selfish ways. And we realize that Christ died for us and now we die to the old way of living. And we are going to be dead but resurrected new. We are going to be cleaned and renewed. And today we are going to celebrate our friends' baptisms. Not because of just the water, not because of them getting up here on the platform and telling about how they want to live their life for Christ starting now. We are celebrating that, but we are celebrating new life. New life. If I could have the worship team come on up, and if those who are getting baptized, if you guys want to go backstage... Here's what we're going to do. In just a few moments, one at a time, we're going to have the, the, those who are getting baptized, they're going to come out, they're going to share a small part of their story about how they are committing their life to Christ, and then we're going to baptize them. And here's, friends, here's what I want you to do. I want you to cheer for every single one when they come out of the water. They are making a public commitment. They're making a public declaration, a public symbolic declaration of what Christ has done for them. And they want to celebrate it with you. They're not doing this privately by themselves back home. And so as family, you know what we're going to do? We're going to go crazy for every single one of them. All right? Deal? All right, why don't you stand your feet? We're going to sing a song, get ready for baptisms. (laughs) 